Okay, here we go now. Well, welcome to Old Dog New Tech, the podcast that explores edtech ideas, innovations, and integration methods from the experienced old dog side of things. My name is Jeff West, and I've been a K-12 music educator for 27 years, and I am passionate about edtech. I love using it. So let's get started at taking a look at how this can be used in your classroom. Welcome to episode 47 of Old Dog New Tech. This is Jeff West, fresh back from the McCall Conference at Cobo Center in Detroit. And that's what this episode is about. Five things I got from McCall. I got a lot more than five things, but I'm whittling it down for you. Giving you some uh, little nuggets, maybe some treats that you can uh, look up for yourself or find out about. Uh, maybe you've known about these, but uh, most of these are things that I learned, haven't used too much, uh, if at all. So let's get going with numero uno. Boom, boom, boom. I went to a session by uh, Richard Byrne. If you haven't been following him online in one way, shape, form, or another, um, I highly, highly suggest it. So from his session, uh, he was doing a, a fun uh, formal assessment uh, session, and he pointed out several tools, um, and I was familiar with some, but I was not familiar with dot storming. If you haven't seen dot storming, you need to check it out. Uh, let me click to it here on my computer. Uh, on the website, it was created by Gareth Marland in Canada, it says, and he has a little clip. It says, by day, I work programming uh, against Autodesk Revit using MC.net, but by night, I use as many JavaScript technologies as I can lay my hands on. So what this does, basically, is you can create a dot storming board, reading right from the site for you. Uh, you can invite participants, you can add your ideas, and then they vote on the ideas that you like. And the, basically, the dot, you get so many votes, and the dots start showing up underneath whatever it is you've put on there to vote on. Uh, so it's kind of a, a quick and easy uh, assessment, visual interactive, engaging, uh, but Richard Byrne pointed this out to me, and uh, thank you very much, sir. That was uh, an excellent session, but that particular tool, uh, it's always good to have multiple ways to do it. You know, you can use Google Forms, you can use Padlet, you can use Flipgrid, um, all of which he pointed out, and uh, you may be familiar with all those. If not, check them out, Flipgrid, Padlet, and Google Forms to do some assessing on, just formal quick hitters. Um, you know, maybe you're putting, I don't, maybe you're putting a participation grade in. I mean, if that's, uh, you know, part of what you need, you might want to look at another tool. But uh, dot storming is awesome. I went to a session by Casey Bell uh, from Shake Up Learning. And um, she is, of course, one, one of the big experts, I think, in uh, Google for Education and uh, becoming a Googler, uh, either uh, at level one, two as an educator or um, 
innovator or trainer. And she does a lot of work. She has a couple of podcasts. She's doing a book study, she said. But at this session, uh, she pointed out several things that maybe um, some tools that we didn't know about. And for the most part, um, I was in the don't know about most of them. And the one I want to point out, though, that I thought was really cool was about notable women. Um, and and taking time to research, and that's what I'm going to do right here. You're going to get to hear my keyboard clicking as soon as my mouse works. Here we go. This one was created uh, by uh, Secretary of Treasury. I think it was under the Obama administration, uh, Rios. I want to say Maria is her first name, Rios. And uh, she noted that we didn't have women on any of our uh, currency. So I believe they ran a $20 bill with Harriet Tubman. And, but, but she wanted to do more. So there was a website created uh, with Google where you can take a picture of notable women and put it on currency and there's several pieces of currency that are on this website notablewomen.withgoogle.com and it highlights and gives you a synopsis of of the importance or the con contributions and things that these women did uh, very cool there are also uh, like a poster of the different women available uh, it has an app so if you're using apps on your Chromebook or uh, iPad, you can get uh, get this poster. I, th I thought this was really uh, a very innovative idea, and I think it would be very engaging. Also, uh, she showed on the app you could take a picture, and it would put in someone that your students thought was notable, or maybe you thought notable, and, uh, and you could have that uh, a digital uses digital media. Notable women. Casey Bell, thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Why does that always happen when you start to talk and you know you're fine and then you start to talk, you get on a podcast and now your your throat's all gunky. Uh, I went to a session uh, about tech leaders. It was kind of a discussion board about uh, uh, meeting the ISTE and the um, MyTech uh, leader goals and objectives and um, while the conversation was was interesting to listen to how these tech leaders are meeting them and things they ran into barriers and successes and so forth they were using slido s-l-i-d-o dot com for the audience to ask questions and someone was um, um, mediating and reading the questions out from the audience but basically it's just a uh, a website location where you give whoever is in your class a code and they can ask questions and it goes right there on the site. So either you could see it, you know, split your screen so you can see it while you're delivering content and people can ask questions that you can come back and review or um, you could even show it to your class so everyone knows. Um, I didn't see if it had uh, similar features as uh, the Q&A feature on slides to where People could give a thumbs up to it uh, to rank the question for importance, you know, so that if you have a limited amount of time to answer questions, 
you know that that feature on Q and A is is pretty cool. But on uh, Slido S L I D O dot com, um, this works kind of the same way. Question and answer. <clears throat> Sorry about that. All right, next number four. I went to a session with. Uh, Leslie Fisher. She did several sessions. I was able to make one about Adobe, the Adobe Suite, and the fact that Chromebook now, Adobe has worked on and made some of their uh, applications work with Chromebook. Uh, so if you like for Photoshop or Spark or um, any of the other uh, apps in that suite, uh, they're very there some are usable on Chromebook now. Of course, they're excellent. You can get on your Windows machine or your Mac and utilize them definitely for uh, creating video or um, editing photos and images. Um, in Photoshop, I believe it was, the search the, uh, for education portion of it will eliminate you know those pictures that you don't want to come up when your students do search. Now, once in a while, it will still happen because it's really hard to get rid of all of the inappropriate images, but um, they had done uh, worked at uh, creating their search engine to have uh, class-appropriate, school-appropriate pictures, images come up, and then students can work with those images and, and create. You know, and you have to kind of think about that for a minute. How would that help in your classroom? Maybe it wouldn't. Maybe it would be an extra side thing to help with the presentation. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You know. You know your students. You know your classroom. But uh, that was an excellent. Thank you to Leslie Fisher uh, for all of her time and her innovative thought. And I appreciate the, the creativity. Uh, actually, all of the people that I saw, but uh, Leslie, I want to make a note of uh, that she is very creative, very quick-paced, uh, and uh, just uh, very kind of wired into developing and presenting good content, but then also recognizing when things don't always go well and uh, having a great sense of humor. All right, that brings me to number five. And number five is not necessarily a tool, but this is something I wanted to point out. I went to probably three or four sessions where the tech just didn't work or the presentation was was good, but um, it wasn't as engaging. And and I think everyone, you, at certain times, you kind of sense that. And some, some content, you just have to deliver. It's like research. You know, it's not engaging. It doesn't bring everybody in. There just has to be times. And I thought, you know, this is a good point to make that even – the pros here at this state conference that, you know, that uh, they were bringing people in from all over the country. Um, you know, it's a refined tool, a skill. And if you are at a point where you're like, I don't know about this tech stuff and I like the old ways, you know, that's, that's a valid point. Um, but I think this uh, educational technology is here to stay and it's going to become um uh, more researched and better presented to show that this is the way to go. And so get started <clears throat> in any way that you can. Just little steps. And um, 
and understand things are going to go wrong. And that it may, you know, it may be a great time for you to demonstrate to your students how to recover, how to make a mistake, and then bounce right back. I think that's a very important lesson that isn't really covered in any goals that I'm aware of, any state standards, any standardized test. You know, you're, they're, they, uh, there are consequences for your mistakes. And the problem is, is that in, in the real world, quote unquote, Everybody makes mistakes, and everybody understands each other's mistakes, at least most of us do, and we work together and make it better. And that's, to me, one of the big flaws in standardized testing is that there is no way uh, or mention or consideration for error that is corrected. So I saw that uh, a fair amount at, the, at uh, McCall. Just little little mistakes, you know, the Wi-Fi slow, or all of a sudden, here, let me show you how this works. Click, and you get the wheel of death, round and round, buffering, waiting, waiting, and waiting. And uh, um, some of some of the presenters handled it great, and others were a little shaken and went on to something else. And it kind of, you could tell, it kind of got in their mojo. And that's okay. That was fine. They handled it. They moved on. And I think as teachers who are getting started with that tech, just keep that in mind. You don't have to be uh, perfect. It's the patient piece. You know, I know I say that a lot, but that's that's something I find myself saying over and over, even to myself and my students. Be patient with what you're doing. So those are five things from the McCall Conference. And in closing, I just want to thank my district for sending me and paying for my registration fee to go to this. Uh, it's, it's always invigorating motivating when you get to go and see other professionals speak. It can be validating. Maybe you're doing something. You've been doing something that someone says, hey, I didn't realize about this. Here's a new tool. And you're you're like, yeah, I, I've been doing that. Or you find a hundred different things you could do and you become overwhelmed. And that's where I go back to the, I think it was Warren Buffett's list of, he had 25 things. And then you just etch, etch out all but the top five. So that was McCall, the five things that I got from it, and thanks to my district for sending me. Tech Treat is next. The Tech Treat. The time for a treat. Your treat this time around is to check out OER, Open Education Resources. Search it. You might find something from Merlot. You might find something from your state that they've already uh, compiled some resources of free online educational resources. OER. You can set up entire classes like uh, at Merlot. Uh, there are classes already available, some, and some are free. Uh, I'm sure there's a bunch of other sources. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking um, Teachers for Teachers. I haven't looked at that one very much, but something, you know, where people have put lesson plans on there and activities and so forth for you to use. But the Open Online uh, Educational Resources, OER, check those out. 
and you might find something that you can just kind of use and plug into some a lesson that you're already doing in traditional form. In my opinion, we're figuring it out finally that online is not the answer. It's just another direction that we can choose to go. And really, I think it works best for people like us who have already gone through a traditional classroom setting. So we get the studying, we get the writing. But to throw that at students, I, I think you are going to find that still those that are good students are going to do okay with it. And those that still need to learn those student skills are going to struggle. So utilizing these OER, uh, open education resources, uh, can help to begin to develop those skills. And you can do it in kind of a blended face-to-face -face online type of situation. OER, your tech treat for episode 47. Hey, I just wanted to mention to you, you might have heard on a couple of my podcasts, a little rustling in the background, or I know on one, right at the very end, you could hear clickety-click-click-click-click-click-click-click, and that was my old dog, Lou. Lou is a, a, a mix of uh, Bassett and Kev uh, Dog, and he is also the, the image on my podcast for Old Dog New Tech. He's a good dog, uh, a rescue, but you could hear him, him coming down. Sometimes you can hear him kind of take a big, deep breath. He's just laying right here next to me while I'm doing podcasts. So um, just wanted to let you know if you heard that sound, you're like, what is that sound? Well, that's the old dog. This has been Old Dog New Tech with Jeff West. You can reach me at olddognewtech10 at gmail.com. That's olddognewtech10 at gmail.com. Send me an email or leave me a review on iTunes. And remember, when integrating tech into your classroom, don't try to be perfect. Just be patient.